Tonight's message is called Making God Famous. Now, you might already think that, well, Flip, I'm pretty sure he's like the most famous guy in the world. Do we really need to make him more famous? Yes, we do, because there's a lot of misconceptions about God in the world, isn't there? So we are making God famous. We can make God famous in our world, in our sphere of influence. We can actually make God famous. And do you know what I love? I love that Pastor Andrew this morning was talking about how, um, you know what, guys? God loves you. And then Tash said, you know what, guys? God loves you. He has everything you need, you know? God loves us so much that we find everything we need in him. And do you know what? Who's a Christian here tonight? Can I just see a raise of hands? Yeah? That's a lot. I would say that's the vast majority. And do you sometimes just forget that you're saved and that there's a God that loves you and that you're going to heaven? Sometimes you forget that, don't you? And then you realize, you're like, oh my gosh. And you think back to the day that you gave your heart to the Lord and, you, and, and everything that just flooded your life from that moment on, everything that was given to you was just so pure, so amazing. Um, he just gives and gives and gives and he loves and loves and loves. He's the greatest God ever. He's the greatest person in the world. He's the best. Do you, and when you have a relationship with him, you're like, well, I remember when I first got saved, I was like, man, everyone needs to know about this guy. <laughs> everyone needs to know about this guy. How good is he? Like, seriously. And do you, do you ever sort of think like, man, I, I really want to make him famous. I want people to know him the way I know him. Because if they did, flip, it, it, the world would change. The world would literally change. And so, can I have a raise of hands just to see who wants to make God famous? Do you really want to make God famous? You really want to make God famous? Well, I'm going to put it out there tonight that you can make God famous. And I'm going to also say, I'm going to give you the challenge. If you do want to make God famous, this is what Luke Boyd thinks we might have to do. Okay. Luke Boyd, he knows some stuff. <laughs> and when I said Luke Boyd, Andrew's like, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> and I agree with him most of the times. But tonight, I'm serious. Um, no, do you know what I think it takes to make God famous? I think it takes us to live a holy life. Wow. A holy life. We have to live holy lives. Um, you know, living a holy life, let me just say this, it will not make God love you more. It, you, you know, he won't give you anything more. You know, like he won't be more stoked with you and, and think you're more rad because your life... If you're a Christian here tonight and you've acknowledged him and, and you testify that Jesus Christ is your Lord, everything good is there already. I, I'm not saying that living this holy life will make you, know, you get more brownie points with God. It's not going to make him love you more. But I will say this, that when you live a holy life, you will make God famous. Okay, You will make God famous. I love it. 
It's, it, it is. It's really good. Now, some people, when I say you've got to live a holy life, they go, damn, <laughs> you're kidding me. I've got to live a holy life. Do you know how hard that is? Seriously, holy? Like, could it just be okay? You've got to live an okay life? Um, does anyone know what it really means to live a holy life? Like, is it just a set of rules? Is it this? Is it that? Like, what, what is it? How, how, do you, how do you do holy? How do you do it? I don't know. No, I do know. Let me just check my notes. Let me just check my notes. Um, holy, how to live a holy life. Um, no, nah. but I will say this before I get into that. Do you know where it starts? Do you know where your road to holiness starts? Do you know where your desire to make God famous starts? I believe it starts with thankfulness and gratitude. When you actually realize that God is so awesome, you know, you have this heart of, oh, God, thank you so much. I am so blessed. I am, like, I don't deserve any of this. I think that's the, I think if you can start there tonight, you're on the road. You are on that road. Um, but let's, let's actually get into a little bit more about holiness. Being holy, it's, it's not being good. It's being set apart for God. You, you don't have to be awesome. You just have to willingly decide, I'm going to devote my life to God. I will set myself apart. I'm, I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I'm going to live diligently. I'm going to live, you know, with integrity. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to have a relationship with him. I'm going to choose to not follow the ways of the world. I'm going to choose to follow God. And in doing that, you're on your holy life. You're on your journey of a holy life. You would be, a ho- you would be considered a holy man or woman. How's that? Is anyone doing that? Because that would mean that there's heaps of holy men and women here. That's pretty good. I like it. Um, I've also, do you know what? I've been reading the book of Daniel. It's the sweetest book. Who likes the book of Daniel? I don't know. Yeah, not many people. That's okay. Um, I really like it. Daniel is like, I've just had this total revelation. He's like one of my heroes, an absolute legend. And we're going to look at um, Daniel chapter 6 tonight. We're going to get right into Daniel chapter 6. All, we're just going to we're going to even just go through all of it. Hey, chapter 6, boom, there it is. It's going to be fun. Um, it's called the top of my Bible says um, Daniel in the den of lions. Um, so you know why? Lions hate preachers so much because preachers are constantly saying you've got to do away with your pride. Yeah, that was good. Uh, no one thinks that's funny. I've actually got people walking away right now. Turn their heads. Look, they're walking. They're actually, people are walking away. Oh, come on, bring it back together. Holiness does not mean perfection. It means dedicated, devoted, set apart to the service of God. Yeah, and, and yeah, 
And I just want to look at Daniel's life. And I want to pick out just four things that I noticed in Daniel's life. See, Daniel, he was a holy man. He was set apart. He set himself apart for the use of God from an early, early age. And um, he, by this stage, he'd already just been a full-blown legend. He, he got taken out of his town, his hometown. And um, King Nebuchadnezzar, which if you say backwards, says Razan de Cuban, which is a pretty sweet name as well. Um, he was doing great things in the kingdom when King Nebuchadnezzar was um, ruling. Um, he was a full-blown legend at such a young age. And he did. Right at the start, you know, the king tried to say, you know, I'm going to give you all this food and I want you to eat this food. And, and he's like, you know what, nah, I don't want to eat that food. I just want to eat what I believe God's telling me to eat. And, and he did that. He, he, he just, he set himself apart. He didn't want to fit in. He wanted to just do what he thought God wanted him to do. He set himself apart. And by this stage, he's in his 80s right now. It, what we're going to read. The line is, imagine being thrown in a lion's den when you're in your 80s. <laughs> That's pretty rough. Like, come on, could you, could you just kill me quickly? Like, I'm 80. I don't need to be attacked by lions. It's, yeah, it was a heavy um, thing. But anyway, let's, let's just pick it up. So Nebuchadnezzar's out. This new guy, Darius, is in at the moment. This is where we are. And um, I'm just going to read from verse 1. And we'll, and we'll go to, um, to 10. It pleased Darius, this new dude that's ruling, to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps, which I'm probably saying wrong, by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set over him the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could, not find, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and gov governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be rep repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. <laughs> what an animal. What an animal. He knew what was going on, yet he, he didn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care at all. And... He is totally my hero at the moment, you know. 
Um, he was set apart for God. Yes. But you know what? He was diligent. He had integrity. He had a healthy and functioning relationship with God. And he cared more about God and his ways than man and the ways of the world. He, he couldn't care less about what, what anyone was saying, you know. He wanted to follow his God. And he didn't want to do things the way the world was telling him to do. He just wanted to do it the way that he wanted to do it with God. And the way that God was, was calling him to. It's really, really cool. Um, so let's just check out his diligence in verse 3. Um, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set, over him, to set him over the whole kingdom. He was so diligent in his work. You know, he, he put God first. He pursued God with a relationship, but he was still diligent in his life. He, he was so diligent, in fact, that the, the ruler of that place wanted to put him in charge of everything. <laughs> That's pretty diligent, isn't it? And just because you don't want to do things the way the world does, that's, that's great. But we're talking spiritually here. We're not, you, know, you can't be like, oh, my God doesn't want me to work because, you know, whatever. Like, no, God wants you to work and he wants you to be diligent in your job. Daniel was in captivity. I'm pretty sure he did not want to be there. He wanted to be back there. This was not his dream job. This wasn't his dream job. He probably hated it. He was in captivity. But he was so diligent in his job that he was getting promoted and promoted and promoted. It was, it's, a, it's such an important character trait, I reckon, of Daniel. And, and it adds to his life. You know, when you want to make God famous, people, that means people are going to start looking at you. If you're going to make someone famous, if you are going to make them famous, people will look at you. And if you're not diligent in what you do, they go, oh, you know, like, flip. I, really? You're trying to tell me what, and you suck? Like, no. Um, if you want to do this, if you want to take God to the streets, if you really want to be serious about this, I'm putting it out there. We've got to live a holy life. Okay. Diligence. And I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. Because there's a big difference. There's many holy men and women in the Bible that staffed up massively. They did stupid things, probably way stupider than what you think you've ever done. But they were still considered holy men and women of God because, you know, you can make mistakes. That's fine. Don't, don't freak out on me when I'm saying you've got to live a holy life. You can make mistakes. That's great. That's fine. And it's in the Bible. It happened all the time. But they went to God straight away. They asked for forgiveness and they moved on. I'm not saying you can't make mistakes. You can be holy and make a mistake. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. You did once. You know, Andrew, once Andrew did make a mistake. And it was heavy. So Daniel was diligent. Um, I just want to go to the second character trait that I think is so important. So the first one is diligence. The second one is integrity. And if we just look at 4 and 5, verse 4 and 5. Um... At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. 
Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. You know what I love? I, you know what? I love it that these guys wanted to get him out so bad. They hated this guy. Because imagine if you're like one of the dudes from um, Babylon and you're like, you, I'm like, I'm, I'm a Babylonian, by the way. And this captive is like owning me. Like that would be pretty frustrating. Yeah. So um, these, these guys are like, damn this guy. I want to get him out so bad. And they, were, they looked, they actually looked at how they're going to get this guy down, how they're going to rip him out, but they just could not find anything wrong. That's incredible. He, they, they're just like, he does his job too well. He, he, we got nothing. Now, I'm not saying, look, you've got to hear my heart here, guys. Like I said before, you can make mistakes. That's fine. And I'm sure Daniel made mistakes. But it was his attitude that they could find no fault with. They could not find any fault with his attitude. No basis to say, this guy's got a terrible attitude. He needs to go, you know. And I just would like to say as well, living a life with integrity carries weight. When you have integrity, when you speak, people listen. You can actually make, you know, if you want to speak, you've got to have integrity. It's not worth anything without it, you know. And, and this is a part. If you want to make God famous, you've got to think, I want to be an integral person. Because you know what? People aren't going to listen to me if I say something and then do another thing. If I say I want to do that and then I don't do that. If I, if I say, oh, I do this, but you actually don't. What happens to your words? Like, this is just common sense. Like, people just go, I don't want to listen to you. I just don't. Like, I've had, like, I used to work with a guy, and he goes, oh, look, you've got to do this job like this, 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 and this. And I was like, yeah, okay. And in my mind, all I can think of is him doing everything the opposite way to how he did it. And I went, I'm not listening to you. I'm just not. It, it, integrity carries weight, which is so important when we want to make our God famous. Who wants to make God famous? Amen. Um. The, the other trait that he had, which is the most, it's the foundation, I believe. He had a devoted relationship with his God. Absolutely devoted relationship with his God. It says in 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. You know, he had an absolutely beautiful relationship with God, and he loved his God so much. He was so devoted to his God that even when, the, you know, there's this decree that, and which he knew full well about, if you get caught praying to anyone but Darius, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. His love for his God, his love was greater than his love for his own life. He loved his God more than anything. And do you know what? That speaks volumes. You know, when I was, I can just say this, and I, this is not me big noting myself because I'm a douchebag. I am a wally. I am such a funny bloke that um, people laugh at me. And when I was at school, I'm not saying I was awesome, 
But I loved God. That's one thing I did do. I loved God more than anything else. And you know what I can remember so much, and it stuck with me. Um, I was in year 12, and this girl, no, sorry, I was in year 11, and this year 12 girl came up to me and said, Luke, what the heck is so different about you? Why are you so different? And I was like, I don't know, because uh, <laughs> I didn't know. And um, I go, I just love God, you know. I just love God. What? I just love God. That's it. And she said, that is it. That is it. You love God. And I liked being known for the dude that loved God. <laughs> it was good. And you know what? You guys at high school right now, some of you guys, you know, you're in a public school and loving God might not be the coolest thing. But people will remember you for that. And you know what? Candace was remembered for that in her high school days. And I remember being at school and I, I actually went to a private school after year 10. And all these, when I left, all these people just started mocking Candace, hating on Candace. Like there was like total gothics with like mad claws that today would be illegal to have in school like it was like a knife <laughs> and they were like just threatening that they're gonna like kill her and all that kind of stuff like like all this weird stuff and there was like crazy um witches <laughs> and flipping everything just wanted to hurt candace and hated candace massive chicks too that would have really hurt you and um do you know what happened candace just keep loving god she just keep loving god and do you know what happened? Like, this is so funny. They were at a party, and one of the, the biggest chicks that would do the most damage, she was huge. I think she was um, Scandinavian. I don't know. Like, just, just imagine Helga in all her might and glory. Just massive chick. And um, she was like, all right. She was absolutely um, under the influence. And she stood in the center of the party and was like all right everyone listen up see this girl here candace she's a good chick she's actually a good chick we've been teasing her for so long like but really she's actually a good chick like, look let's just be cool with her from now on and if anyone wants to have a go at her they're gonna come through me people will respect you guys at school and in the workplace, if you love your God, just love your God. Love him. That You might get teased a little bit. That's all right. You will get profound respect. When they see that you're loving him, no matter how much you get teased, they can do nothing but respect. That's the truth. They actually they have nothing but respect for you at the end of the day. And, you know, the other trait of... Um, obedience is also found in 10 which i just spoke about that even though he was told that you're going to probably get thrown in with some lines if you get caught praying he didn't care he just he didn't worry about the ways of the world and what man said he just wanted to do what pleased god the most which was to pray amazing story amazing story i'm going to quickly get through this let's 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 just skip here so obviously, um, all these losers from Babylon, the guys, the satraps, what the heck is a satrap? I don't know. But all those guys and the other guys, they were like, waiting at the door. They were like, 
they must have heard like Olamoch, however they spoke back in those days. And they're like, he's praying. He is praying. Yahweh, they would have said that for sure. And um, it was like, yeah, kick the door down. They went in. You were praying. You're going to the lion's den. So they went, look, King Darius, what did you say? You wrote some law down, didn't you? What was it? And he was like, yeah, I told anyone if they pray to anyone but me in the next 30 days, we're going to throw them in the lion's den. They're like, really? Do you remember? You, you did say that, didn't you? Yeah, I said that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've got to remember King Darius was stoked on Daniel. He wanted to make him like lord of all, really. And um, he, they've gone, okay, well, sick, because guess what? We found Daniel praying. And he was like, oh, really? Damn. But, you know, he wrote it down. And those Persians and those Medes back in those days, if they wrote that law down, they were sticking to it. That's the kind of dudes they were. So let's just fast track to um, 16. Verse 16, it says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom, you're, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Isn't that just profound? Like, even the king, you know, the king would have heard that previously Daniel's mates that he was mentoring as well, those three um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he would have heard about the story that those guys, they got thrown into a fire and they actually came out alive and their clothes weren't even burnt. He would have heard of this God that protects his people. And he's just gone, flip, this is, this is harsh, but may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And I love that he says here, whom you serve continually. That's a big part, guys. Big part. Serving God continually. Yeah. It, it, the king had to acknowledge that. The king of the... Do you know what... When I say the king, he wasn't just the king of, um, like, Persia. You've got to understand, back in this, this time, this guy was actually pretty much ruler of the world. <laughs> they were the empire to beat in those days. They were, they were the heavyweight. Um, and he just said, man, yeah, I hope he saves you. Um, so we'll just quickly go to 19. Um, He'd been in there all night with these lions. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I have found... I've been found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. It's powerful. It's, it's absolutely powerful. And I just got to say, I just got to say this as well. Even when we do, you know, want to make God famous and we do choose to set ourselves apart, to live a holy life, do you know what? It's not, when you do that, crap stuff still happens it's not like when you choose god and and choose to live for him you know it's it's not to say that you won't encounter any bad things i mean daniel got thrown in a lion's den do you know what i mean 
And I just, I just got to find something I wrote down here. Um, yeah, Daniel was shielded by the power of God through faith, not from trouble, but in trouble. It, it wasn't that he had this ticket which gave him an awesome life forever and ever. You know, he, God shielded him in the trouble. You will face trouble. How good is it to know that God will be your shield in those times? It's great, isn't it? That was just a little side thing that which I just found really cool. Um, not from trouble, but in trouble, he looks after us. And... Um, so there we are, Daniel. He's a guy of integrity. He's a guy of diligence. He, he's a guy that um, had a profound love for his God. He had a relationship, a healthy and vibrant relationship with his God. And he also chose to care more about his God and his ways more than man and the ways of the world. And because of that, he actually encountered trouble. He actually faced a lion's den. Excuse me. And he came out. And I, the title of this message was Making God Famous. Now, so far you might be thinking, how has he made God famous by doing this amazing feat of surviving lions? Um, yes, he was diligent, integral, had a relationship and was obedient to his God. But where's the, where, how's he brought fame to God? Yes, he's in the Bible and the Bible's pretty famous. But do you know what happens when you live a life devoted to God? Your world, the world around you is influenced. God influences your sphere that you live in purely because you're living for him. It's this thing, you know. I was talking to Candace. I was like, what is it about holy living? What, what, what does it do? Does it make God love you more? Does it make more cool stuff happen for you? Do, does God want to be your friend more? No. What holy living actually does is actually makes him famous. When you live a holy life, it actually makes him famous. The world around you starts to become just this opportunity this, your world that you live in becomes an opportunity to make God famous when you choose to live a life for God. All of a sudden, you know, God is just waiting, just waiting. It's like electricity is in the air for an opportunity to, to reveal his awesomeness, to reveal his love, to reveal his grace. Your life will reveal the power of God the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the joy of God, when you choose to live a life set apart to him. It's a, it's a foregone conclusion. It is a byproduct of living a life connected with God where you choose to set yourself apart. There's nothing else that can happen, but you will influence the world in which you live. And so what happened was, Daniel, because he was this man of God, and because he went through this trial but stayed true to his God and lived a life, you know, just set apart to his God, the king couldn't do anything but write a letter to the known world. <laughs> like, he wrote a letter to the known world. Okay. And this is just beautiful. Let's just quickly finish up the night. Um, we'll go to um, verse 25. And it says, 
than King Darius. You know, oh, let me just say, just a little side note, all those satrap dudes, they all got thrown in the lines then after that. Oh, messy. Yeah, lots of crunching bones and stuff. But anyway, King Darius was so moved by the God of Daniel, not because Daniel did anything profound himself, but just because he lived for God. He didn't, he didn't like bash the lions. He didn't, you know, do a song and dance. All he did was just love his God and live set apart to his God. And that so moved the king that the king had to write this. And so let's just check it out. King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, the reason why I'm getting emotional is because look at all this amazing stuff. He, this king has started to say that he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. Was Daniel an incredible warrior for him to think like that? No, he wasn't. He was just a normal guy like us. He was all the, you know... He just loved his God. He was just set apart for his God. And in that, it so moved that, you know, God impacted his world. God can't not impact your world when you choose to set yourself apart. Remember that. Remember that. Even when you think nothing's going on, I'm sure Daniel thought, how is God going to get any glory of me dying in a lion's den? Yeah, it's incredible. I'm just going to read this out again. And you know what? I believe with all my heart that when you choose to live for God and to be set apart for God, that even if you can't see something, I believe that the, your, sphere, your sphere of influence that you are in, it will begin to change and people's mindsets will change. And I honestly believe that this is, this is the ultimate thing that, that can happen through a life devoted to God, that the people around you, can't do anything but say purely because they know you they've gotten to know you they they can see your devotion they can see your integral they can see that you love your god they can see that you don't care about the ways of the world you just care about your god what happens is is that people will start to think god he really is the living god he must endure forever his kingdom it just, it just can't be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Your life can make God famous. Your life will make God famous. It is just a foregone conclusion the moment you choose to live for God recklessly and abandonedly. You know, just absolutely giving your whole self to God. When you do that, your world will change. The world around you will change. And that's it. That's, that's all I want to say. Let's, 
Let's make God famous, shall we? I just want to stand and I just want to pray and then I'll hand it back to Andrew. Father God, you are awesome. You give us so much. You do so much for us. And Lord, all we want to do is do our very best to bring you glory and to make you known to our friends, to our family, to our world. Lord God, because if people knew you the way that we know you, the world would change. And so, Lord, you know, if, if, if there's anyone here, you know, if you want to come out the front and just recommit your life to God afresh, if you want to just set yourself apart, make a decision that from now on I want to live a life dedicated to God, I encourage you to come out just now. Because I promise you, when you do this, things are going to change. That's all right. So, God, we just, we just pray. It's, it's our heart's desire, Lord God, to make you famous. And so, Lord God, help us to be, you know, diligent. Help us to be integral. Lord God, move our hearts. You know what? It's funny. I was feeling God saying, why, why, why would you pray that? Why would you pray that? I'm not going to make you do this. You actually have to choose to do it. I can't pray that you become holy and set apart. You actually have to do it yourself. I can't pray and it works. You actually have to decide yourself and you've got to do it so we're just going to lift this music up we're going to give it back to andrew and if you want that then you go for it